and welcome to the Aussie Pastor Live, right here on Faith FM. G'day, g'day, g'day. My name is Lloyd Grolleman. I'm the Aussie Pastor coming to you from Sydney and it's again a rainy old day. You want to welcome our techie, Hunty? Yeah, g'day listeners. It's good to be here. How are you doing today? I'm doing really good. Thanks, mate. You've, had, had, a, you've had a pretty easy week. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I'm being facetious when I say that because he's actually been very, very busy. If I could um, say we're actually live on Faith FM's Facebook, Hunty. Yes. We're which live we, on the Faith FM Facebook page. So you can go there and watch us. Mm-hmm. Why would you want to go there and watch us for the best part of two hours? Better than listen. I've got a face for radio. You like saying that one, don't you? That's my, li- my favourite. That's a little joke of hunties that we've heard quite a few times on Faith FM. A face for radio. That's it. Can we see your face? Can you give us a, a close up on? I'm on a close up now. For those who are watching Faith that, that FM, that was it. That, <laughs> that was my cameo. Actually, if if you know Hunty, you'll be looking a lot better in the last few weeks because uh, you've had a change of lifestyle, my friend. Uh, Yeah, it's a long way to go, starting a long way behind the eight ball. Yeah, but you've been exercising pretty much five days a week? Uh, Yep, I've been in the pool five days a week. How long do you do in the pool? I try and get in the pool around six o'clock and do an hour, hour and a half. That's six in the morning, not six at night. Yeah, six in the morning. And where that becomes remarkable is I often get messages from him at two and three in the morning. (laughs) What's that mean? Are you going to bed earlier? Um... No, I, I normally do get up at about, uh, well, eight or six, cut to myself. I normally get up at about six o'clock, so it's working out fine. By the way, Hunter, you haven't got, uh, our clock running, mate. Oh. <laughs> He's well, got so many. He's got a lot of jobs, <laughs> and I'm I'm pushing him here. Is it making a difference this exercise that you're doing? Like, do you feel any um, different? Because you've been what, doing it three or four weeks De- now, definitely. This and is- you're spending what an hour and a half every morning in the pool. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's swimming, and I've already gotten rid of a couple of arm, shoulder, and knee pains, so I'm, I'm happy, happy. Ah, oh, okay. And do, do you, are you losing weight? <laughs> Thanks for asking that. I don't know. Well, actually, I, I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll know soon. Actually, we won't know soon because he refuses to weigh himself. I'm trying to get him to. Ignorance is very blissful. <laughs> Yeah, well, I, we've got we've got a program. If you haven't seen it on our Aussie Pastor Facebook page, called uh, what's it called? Project sixty. F- uh, yeah, fat, fat to fat fit. To fit. Yep, it's basically me. Yep, but I'm trying to get Hunty in on it. So if you think Hunty should get in on this program, should do a weigh in too, should be measured just <laughs> like I have to. Contact us. How would they contact us, Hunty? If you'd like to see me publicly embarrassed, then write to no one cares at no one cares dot com. <laughs> <laughs> You're a bad boy. Uh, I can't remember our. I can't remember our. Um, uh, if you'd email. like to see more of, of Lloyd with his top off, you can email us. The email no, address the, is... Well, the reason he says that is because every week, uh, not every week, but probably every 10 days we do this, I've got to take my shirt off to do the weigh-in. And it's not a pretty sight for either myself, Hunty, or those who watch it. But there's a reason for that. Because there are a lot of other fat boys who are doing this program with us, aren't there, Hunty? Indeed. You and, know, we've been caught for saying the word fat. Apparently, we're offending people by saying the word fat. Who I haven't heard anything about that. Have we been getting into trouble for that? Or was that just no, did you just pull that one I, out? I of? don't want to say who's who's not happy with us using the word fat because they're one of our benefactors. Benefactors? Yes. 
I didn't know we had any, but... <laughs> I'm happy to call them out, because the chances of them watching this afternoon are low. Praise the Lord. It's Wayne. Ah, <laughs> oh, well, he's not a benefactor, he's a colleague. Colleague, yeah. Yeah, benefactors give mm. you money, bro. <laughs> uh, yeah, look, at the, the bottom line is we've got this program, and before I turn 60, I want to be fit. Uh, and so Hunty's joined with me. The only thing is he won't join with me online, on TV, on the show. And I'm going to do my best to get him on that program before we finish. Hey, this day in history, April 4. Want to know what happened? What went down? Yes, please. 1581, Francis Drake, ever heard of him? Uh, yes. Knighted by Elizabeth I. Sir Francis Drake, the scourge of the Caribbean pirates and the French. Actually, don't know where they're here took on the Caribbean pirates, but he certainly was a scourge of the French. 1850, with a population totaling about 1,600, Los Angeles was incorporated as an American city. Wow. That was 1850, only 1,600. How many people live there now, Hunty? I mean, uh, you... 25 million, is it, Los oh, Angeles? Oh, it's millions and millions. You've lived there. Was it a good place to live in? Oh, look, I love California. I love La La Land. Okay, you enjoyed it. What about this one? 1904, do you know this lady? You should do. Rosa Edith Stoneham was born in 1904. Nope, I don't. Do you tell? Oh, auntie. That's my grandmother. <laughs> <laughs> if she was alive today, she'd be 119 years of age. And she was a great blessing to me in the early days of my ministry. She lived. She was born in 1904. She, she lived to 2004, almost 2005. She almost made 101. Nice. Um, so happy birthday, Grandma. Jesus will be soon uh, here to get you she loved the lord to the day she died and she's sleeping waiting for him much loved matriarch in the groleman family 1949 the north atlantic treaty organization was formed you know what they are uh, nope nato oh of course <laughs> north atlantic <laughs> treaty nato nato yes. yeah nato uh was born in 1949 out of the um wreckage of world war ii basically born to protect the free world against the soviet union uh, Russia would say today that NATO is still a scourge to them and was one of the reasons they attacked Ukraine. Very, very unfortunate war, that one. Um, do you know the countries that were first in that? Uh, nope. It was Belgium, Canada, Denmark, France, Iceland, Italy, Luxembourg, Netherlands, Norway, Portugal, United Kingdom and United States. United States being the big players. In 1960, still before our time, mate, mm -hmm. Ben-Hur won 11 Academy Awards. Wow. You ever watched Ben Hur? I have. Not bad. Mm. Not bad. I kind yeah, of good piece. Yeah, I get moved when I see Jesus. The way they insert Jesus into that movie too. Quite amazing, really. 1968. This is a big one. You know who died in 1968? And America celebrates a holiday today for no. it. You do. Who? Martin Luther King. Oh, nice. Junior was assassinated on this day in 1968. And if we were in the United States, we'd be enjoying a public holiday to remember that great man. He could preach. Did you ever take time? Have you ever listened to him preach? No. Nope. Wow, hunty. I mean, go on, just Google and listen to some of his um, sermons. The one where he's preaching outdoors, we have a dream. I, I have a I've dream. I've heard that, yep. Yeah, just, yep. just magnificent and yep. certainly made a difference to the United States of America. 1969. American surgeon Denton Cooley implanted the first complete artificial heart in a human. Several days later, the patient who'd received the donor heart died, but that's the first time that ever happened in 1969. And this one, 1975, this is a big one for you, Hunty. What happened in 1975 with Bill Gates? And this is a big one for oh, you. Could it be the start of Apple computers? 
Bill Gates. I mean, Windows. Oh, Hunty. Microsoft. <laughs> That's, that is Hunty, the start of Apple. Steve Jobs will never forgive you for that. Uh, you're right. Microsoft was founded. Can you believe who founded it? Bill Gates and Paul Allen. Yeah. Is Paul Allen still around in it? Did he, he sold out of it, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, I think he might have sold out. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So quite a big day in history, this one. Mm. Um, we're glad you're here. Um, what's coming on the program today, Hunty? We've got a great program. Um, you say that I, every week. Well, we do. <laughs> <laughs> a great program. I wish you were our harshest critic, bro. We'd be doing really well. <laughs> we've, got okay. good, we've got some good music as well, some Bible study, and, of course, Ask the Aussie Pastor. This is an Easter special, this one. It is. Now, listen, I would like some more questions. I only have four questions for Ask the Aussie Pastor. We would like some more in. We would. Our listeners, and maybe you viewers too, they get a bit slack. We're not hearing enough from them, Hunty. That's right. How do they, if they want to throw any Bible question, any spiritual question, in fact, any question at all, how do they get through to us, mate? Okay. If you would like to send us your questions, we'd love to have them. You can text them to us on 0488-880-851, or you can email them to us, info at aussiepastor.com or theaussiepastor at gmail.com. Uh, look, let's just make sure we only give them one email from now on. Okay. I've just, I've just, at gmail.com. Haven't we been using info at aussiepastor.com? Uh, I get to call this. It's the aussiepastor at gmail.com. Uh, we're going to talk about that in the next song and come back to you on that. Yeah, during, during the song. <laughs> <laughs> let's have a prayer to start the program, Hunty, as we ask Jesus... Who is so important to us, and there's a reason we're here today, is to uplift him, to advance him to you. We have a bit of fun, but make no mistake, this is about Jesus and what a difference Jesus can make to your life. Would you like to invite him to be with us today in prayer, Hunty? Sure, let's bow our heads together. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I want to pray for your special blessings this afternoon on our listeners, Lord. Please wrap your loving arms around them and bless them. Keep them safe and well. Lord, I pray for my mate Lloyd as he opens the Bible and presents this afternoon that you'll bless him also. Lord, we lift you high in this community this afternoon, and we pray that you'll be with us in your precious name. We ask Jesus. Amen. Amen. Yeah, I push the button. I push it again. Hey, second time lucky. Listening to the Aussie Pastor here on Faith FM. I didn't say anything. <laughs> I didn't say a word. <laughs> I didn't say a thing. <laughs> I watched that. But I do love live radio. <laughs> yep. Hey, I think in our prayers we better s- s- stop saying let's bow our heads. Yeah, people you... could be driving, I suppose, <laughs> couldn't they? Right. Close your eyes and bow your heads. I think most people probably listening to this are driving. Yeah, or at work, maybe. Yep. Yeah, I'd be interested. Are you a Faith FM listener? Uh, yeah, I am actually, when I can get it. I'm kind of on the fringe of Sydney. Yeah, I'm on the fringes of it too, in and out. And this old bomb, to- 2005 Toyota Corolla that I drive, and I'm very grateful for it too. It's not an old bomb, it's actually a little beauty. But it's only got this tiny little aerial, hunty. Mm. I can't get very good FM out of it. So if I'm listening to Faith FM, I've got to listen to it on our app. Yep. And you can get the, the app. app. Mm-hmm. If you've got the app, I've actually listened to it on the app in the car all the way from Brisbane to, oh, from Sydney to Brisbane. Yep. Very interesting listening. Hey, this first song uh, from Chris Christopherson. You know who he is? I do now. 
<laughs> That's because we <laughs> Once had a, I pull it out of the library this morning. <laughs> we had a discussion on this, didn't we? <laughs> yeah, we did. He's a he's a very famous country star. Uh, uh, he's an elderly fellow now, but he's still alive. A very um, famous country star and also a movie actor. And he wrote this song, and the backstory is interesting. I think he's going to share it that with us. He does. Is that right, Auntie? He does share it with us. Okay, yeah. let's hear it. Sure. And Chris, before we do it, I'd like for you to tell the story of why me, Lord. I think it was inspired by Larry Gatlin, wasn't it? In a well, way. Uh, I was moved by a song I heard him singing in church. Was it Help Me? Help Me. Yeah. As a matter of fact, yeah, it was. Wasn't it? Did you it was to, at did Jimmy you, Snow's church. You uh, took Connie Smith to church, or she took you to she church? She took me to church. Uh, we had, uh, the night before, we'd been down in Cookville with a bunch of people doing a benefit for, uh, for Dottie West's uh, high school band or something. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then uh, Connie uh, took me over to, to church the next day to, to Jimmy Snow's church. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, uh, I, I had a profound uh, religious experience uh, during during uh, the the session, something that I had never had happened to me before, and uh, and uh, why me came out of it. It was a very personal experience, then. Yes, it was. It was. Uh, 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 everybody was kneeling down. And uh, and uh, Jimmy said uh, uh, something like, "If if anybody's lost, please raise their hand." And I was I was kneeling there, and I don't go to I don't go to church a lot, and uh, and uh, the notion of raising my hand was uh, out of out of the question. <laughs> and I thought uh, I I can't imagine who's doing this. And all of a sudden, I felt my hand going up. And I was hoping nobody else was looking because everybody was had their head over, bent over, uh, praying. And then he said, uh, "If if anybody uh, is ready to accept Jesus, something like this, uh, come down to the front of the of the church." And uh, uh, I thought. That would never happen, and uh, and uh, I found myself getting up and walking down with all these people and going down there, and and I don't really know what he said to me. He said something to me like, "Are you ready to accept uh, Jesus Christ in your life, or something?" And I said, "I don't know. I I didn't know what I was doing there," and he put me down. <laughs> he said, "Kneel down here," and and he. Uh, I, I can't even remember what he was saying, but whatever it was, was such a release for me that I, w- I find myself weeping in public, <laughs> and and uh, and uh, I felt the, this uh, forgiveness that I didn't that I didn't know I even needed. Could we get you and Janie Fricky and Willie to to do this? We'll sing harmony. You Ooh. bet. Right well, we'll here. try. I'll do it in G, and I uh, hope I don't mess up the band again. <laughs> Why me, Lord? 
What have I ever done To deserve even one Of the pleasures I've known Tell me, Lord What did I ever do That was worth loving you For the kindness you've shown experience with Jesus. Amazing how so many of these superstars, in the end, Jesus finds them. It just goes to show he goes after anybody. doesn't matter who you are, how successful you are, or how you feel you may be a failure. It doesn't matter. Jesus will come after you because he loves you, he made you. He loves that guy, and he wrote, wrote that beautiful song from experience. And we sing that song in church sometimes, and it's a beauty. Um, Hunty. If they wanted to get a question through to us for Ask the Aussie Pastor, I want to pump this a bit today because I want to see some more questions coming in. Uh, what do they do again? Because I think you've had a victory over the little break. We had a discussion and a new one, of course. So what do you? And I'm talking about the the email. Yeah, the email address. Yep. yep. Go uh, for if, it. if you'd like to send us a question, you can do. You can text them to us on zero four double eight double eight zero eight five one. Or you can email them to us, and the email address is theaussiepastor at gmail.com. News time. It is. People are complaining about these big American utes. They call them trucks, but they're utes. I love them. That are, <laughs> that are coming into Australia. They reckon they're petrol guzzlers. They reckon they take too Do they take more room on the road? Are they actually wider, mate, or not? Okay, so compared to an actual truck that's eight feet wide, they're not wider than an actual truck. Are they eight feet? So they're wide? not. No, they're not eight feet wide. So a, a regular semi trailer or a big truck in this part of the world is bigger than these 
So when we talk about these TVs. Utes, we're talking about Rams, Dodgers. Do you know they're thinking about bringing in the F-150? Absolutely. I mean, we're just so... I mean, it's already here. You well, can get a converted version. Yeah, but you can't get it from Ford, I don't think. No. Uh, these are coming in from Ford, getting converted by Ford, and then going to be sold. Talking to the wrong guys with this one, aren't we? Look, people, Both you and I love these things. Look, the people who hate them are the people who try and park next to them at shopping centres because they do take more than their fair amount of space. And people have nicknamed them EVSs, Emotional Support Vehicles, because it seems like guys who are deficient in other areas buy these monster trucks when they don't really need them. But my experience is... For the most part, they're builders, they're people who want to tow big, heavy boats or caravans. For the most part, people are buying them because they have a need. I think the Toyota... Tundra? Nah, the to- not the Tundra. Land Cruiser? The one they've got out. Nah, the one that everybody's driving. Oh, the, the Hilux. The Hilux. Yep. What, tows three and a half tonne? And these things tow about 4.8 tonne. Is that correct? Have I got that right? Yeah, there's an, there's an assortment of, uh, of weights. But yeah, if you want to tow three and a half tonne safely, you get yourself a Ram. Well, three and a half ton can be towed by a Hilux, mate. You don't have to have a ram. A ram will take you up to four point eight ton. Well, that's what the article said that we got this. Look, I take I take three and a half ton behind my Jeep, and it's um, it's Jeep Grand Cherokee, but it is safer to have a bigger vehicle than to use it behind mine. So those rams are heavier than yours. Yeah, they're a little bit heavier. Wouldn't be much, would it? No, but they've got a higher payload, stronger suspension. They're worth. They're worth it. Okay, so we shouldn't complain when we see them on the road? I get why people complain who are trying to park next to them at shopping centres and open their car doors and, and you know, they're on the line both sides. That, that's a bit tough. But they have a use. We have a new uh, British consulate representing Australia in uh, London now. Mm. And he's telling the British royalty and the British public that they should expect Australia to become a republic in the not-too-distant future. Funny he says that because I feel pretty ambivalent, ambivalent on this subject. I don't mind which way Australia goes. But I do know that in the last um, poll that was taken, over 60% of Australians indicated that they wanted to stay in the uh, monarchy. And I guess that was taken just after Queen Elizabeth II died. And she was much loved, wasn't she? Yeah, she was much loved and we liked having our monarchy. And we're not so... In favour of Charles, but I think this is um, Anthony Albanese. You know? Charles has done all right. He's he? done all right. Yeah, I think this is Anthony Albanese's agenda is to get us become a take us to another republic. Take us to another constitutional <laughs> vote, referendum. Referendum. <laughs> <laughs> get rid of the one on the books at the moment and move over to the next one, yep. um, which would be the monarchy. Um, I actually don't think it would make much difference. The only difference would be probably make, from what I can tell, is the politicians are bent on making sure they're the ones who choose who the, uh, what would we call it, the Australian governor? governor? Yeah. No, the president, probably. President. Mm. The Australian president. So, so the politicians want to choose it, and there's a group of Aussies that say, no, we should vote the president in. Um, do you have a view on that? Uh, no, I'm actually happy. I'd be happy either way, but if I get to vote, I'll be voting we stay as part of England. Oh, well, that's because you're a pom. No, I was born here. Yeah, but you're a pom. You've got English. I was born here in Sydney. Your as opposed a to you that was born in Nowra. <laughs> your mum's a pom. Your dad's a pom. You can have a, if you choose. Also here in this country and my grandparents. Yes, you could, you could have an English passport if you wanted to, I believe. Which wouldn't be much good to you anymore because they left the, uh, they left the, the European Union and they, you could go and live in England and that'd be, oh well. 
Great Britain, and that'd be about it. Yep. Okay, so no views on that. Whatever the Aussies decide, you'll be happy to go along with. Well, I guess I would like to stay as part of the monarchy, but if we change to a republic, we change. Yeah, doesn't bother me either, but it's interesting. Yep. See what's happening there. Uh, this last news article today, I know, is right down your oh. alley, and I know you've been crying out for this for a long time. Can I give I a little sure backstory? Have. A little backstory to this. What's that app we use at church? Not TikTok, the WhatsApp. other one. WhatsApp. Mm. We have a WhatsApp for the leaders group at church. I didn't start it. One of the the head elder did actually. That's the um, lead layman of the church. He starts this WhatsApp group. Now, Hunty's one of the leaders in the church, and he won't join the not. WhatsApp group. <laughs> no. So when I saw this article in the news this morning, I thought, man, Hunty's going to love this. The Australian government has banned TikTok on all Australian government and military phones and devices. What do you think about that, mate? It's about time. <laughs> I don't think anyone can explain why an app has to track your keystrokes, listen to your watchy, your GPS... Why does an app need this information? And that's what WhatsApp and TikTok demand when you sign up to be uh, a user of their app. So do you think it's a privacy issue? It's worse than a privacy issue. They can influence our government, our elections, if they know what we all think. And by getting so it's not a everything day- we say and everything we do off our phone sent back to China, they can certainly work out what we're up to. Does TikTok own, is TikTok owned by the Chinese too? Any app that's created in China by Chinese, by law, has to report to the Chinese government. Every single thing the Chinese government asks, they have to deliver. You sure on that? I'm absolutely positive that's enshrined in their legislation. It's never worried me. You know that. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, but I, there's look, nothing, at, look at my Facebook I, page. I, I'm administrator I, of 70 Facebook pages. I, I, if I get hacked, there's a lot of people to be upset with me. I, I don't care whether the Chinese, the American, I don't care whether the British or the Australian government know what I'm doing. They're welcome to it. Well, what if you sign on and you put your username and password in for your bank and they spread that around some well, nefarious I'd be, I'd be covered because the bank covers you for that sort of fraud. True. So I'd be okay. True. No, I'm not worried about it. Don't care in the least. I join the WhatsApp group for the church. Don't mind because I don't really care too much about my personal details because there's nothing I want to hide. But there are plenty of people who haven't got anything to hide, like you, Hunty, who do care. Yep. Um, you you lead a more personal life, and it does matter to you that people know your your personal information. And so I think we're living in a world where we should expect to be able to keep that sort of information private. Anyway, anyway, that's the news, mate. It, it is. was a busy news day. And I guess when you're looking at the news just overall and you see all the things happening, probably need to look up because I think all the things I read and watch in the news tell me that Jesus is coming soon. You're listening to The Aussie Pastor here on Faith FM. Hunty, this is a uh, special Easter program, this one. It is. We're going to look at some beautiful Bible scripture uh, passages that share with us the story of Easter, and, and I like that. And so when we were going through, when I was going through the songs, I decided to choose some Easter songs. Nice. And this one in Christ Alone, I think it's an Easter song anyway. Keith and Christine Getty, do you know who they are? Um, no, but I know the song. They're a couple of Irish singers, uh, songwriters. Very good. Writing modern-day hymns, actually. And then Travis Cottrell. We had him on last week, actually. Fairly famous singer. They sing this beautiful song, In Christ Alone. I, I think you're going to enjoy it. 
going to invite some of the Getty Music team to sing this with us. And also our good friend Travis Gutrell is going to join us as well.
Monty of a fairly new song, not new, new song, but in the context of hymns, a fairly new hymn. We love singing that at church, don't we, that uh, one? Yeah, that's a great song. Yeah. Hey, when you think of Easter, Andrew Hunt, yep. I'm interested in yep. this. What do you think of? Well, until the last couple of days, I've always reflected on what Jesus went through to get up on the cross to die for my sins. And what you've presented to me in the last couple of days has really just opened my eyes to a whole new world about Easter. Oh, Hunty's talking about. Now, this was not planned. I can say this honestly. He just come out with that. We're talking about, um, we're, we're doing a um, series for the Media Centre and Hope Channel on Easter. We didn't have a lot of warning for it, really, did we, Hunty? Um, no. But but even apart from that series, when you think of Easter, what's Easter for you? Because I know, want me to start with what it is for oh, me. Oh, well, no, it's chocolate. It's chocolate <laughs> Easter eggs. <laughs> now, you've been on this health kick. Have you kind of stuck hard by it for that? Or I've, you... I've been on this health kick, diet, exercise, swimming every no day. No chocolate? No chocolate? No, well, that's a bit no, of a... No chocolate was... bunnies, no eggs? You've made it through? <laughs> no, that was a big fall off the wagon uh. on Sunday. <laughs> I, f- I found some Easter eggs that my wife had hidden from my granddaughter. Oh, <laughs> That was the end of it. So they'll need to be replaced now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough. Well, you know, when I think of Easter, for me, when, it, when I look back on my life, Easter has been um, camping. For my family, we're big water skiers, so it's always water skiing. We'd go down to Somerset Dam in Queens. Just really great times, hunty. We'd camp mm. on the bank there, mm. fires at night, up at five in the morning, barefoot and down. You know what the alley there's called, don't you? That we ski on, Barefoot Alley. Barefoot Alley, yep. Yeah, we go ripping down there. Just wonderful times Easter was of holidays. But for a lot of people, Easter is about Jesus. Do you think that's fair? You think of Easter and Jesus' crucifixion. We know at Christmas time, Jesus wasn't born that time. But was he crucified around Easter? Do you know or not sure? Um, I always assumed he was. Yeah, he was. Hmm. Passover, which was when Jesus was crucified, pretty much runs alongside Easter. We're going to look at that in just a minute. But yes, he was crucified somewhere around Easter. And so when we celebrate Easter this coming weekend, which we're going to do, um, we will be talking about and remembering the crucifixion of Jesus when it did more or less happen. And Jesus wasn't just crucified at Easter, he was also resurrected. So it's a pretty good story. Um, The power of Jesus and his crucifixion and resurrection What it represents and what it means is best illustrated in this story of a man who went a long, long way down a dark road and came back. You ready to play it, Hunty? Yes, mate. I think you'll enjoy this, and I think you'll be challenged by it. Thanks, mate. Man, I've been shot in the head. I've been run over by a truck, and I'm still here. Maybe God does have a plan in my life. When he was a young child, Eddie Ramirez came to America on the Freedom Flights from Cuba in 1967. His father came a year later and was aggressive and angry. They never formed a bond. I was cheated. I was cheated because I needed a father in my life and he wasn't there. He wasn't there for me. When he was 13, his parents divorced. Eddie took out his anger fighting kids in the neighborhood. Some older boys noticed how tough he was and pulled him into their drug trafficking ring. Eddie finally got the attention he craved. I needed somebody to accept me because like I said before I was cheated I, I, I needed somebody that was older than me to accept me and embrace me and, and say okay you know you're part of this 
but then there's something missing. So then what what is the next thing? Well, let me have let me get some drugs. Let me start doing drugs. He eventually became a drug dealer to high-profile clients, and the sense of power took him further down a dark path of drug addiction. You're always chasing that first high. It got me to the point of no return that I was like, I can't stop. There's no way of me stopping. I have power, you know. I have power, I have money. People were looking for me. People needed my merchandise, you know, and 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 I was ruthless, so I felt like I was in control. In reality, Eddie's life was out of control and reckless. He crashed his motorcycle and was run over by a truck, nearly killing him. When he recovered, his best friend, who had become a Christian, took Eddie to church. Once I was there in church, I was like, what's here? There's nothing here for me. You know, I'm not making no money here or nothing. There's, what's, what's the church about? There's, I, I need to go out there and make money. He continued selling drugs and living a life of violence. Even survived a gunshot to the head. Cocaine fueled his emptiness, and he felt like there was no escape. I felt disgusted the way that that I would like just stay up all night and 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 do drugs, and my nose was like falling apart. <laughs> Cocaine is not a drug that that you want to start doing because once you start doing it, there's no there's no turning back. Desperate for a way out of his addiction, he turned to his mom for help. She checked him into a rehab facility where Eddie had a life-changing encounter. I remember one night I'm there in my room. I get a, a visitation from, from what I believe it was the Lord Jesus. And he comes into, the, into my dream, into my vision, and he tells me, look, you, you really want to change your life. And, I, and I'm like inside of me, yes, I want to change my life because I can't live like this anymore. And he tells me, all you have to do is walk through this door. And if you walk through the door, I, your life will be changed. And I look at the door, I look, and the door was a real thin door with a light behind it. You know, and I'm like, I'm willing to walk through this door. When I went through the door, like all the burden that was on me, everything that was there, all my, all my problems, everything just like fell off me. I knew that once I walked through that door, my life was changed. You know, he came, he, he saved me right on time. Eddie gave his life to Christ and was immediately set free from drugs. I didn't have the desire to, to do cocaine, to do marijuana, to do nothing else. I didn't want to do nothing. It was like God literally took it out of my life completely. Like, like some people, they tell me, no, you know, God is working on me. God wasn't working on me. He did the work right away. You know, I couldn't believe that God would save somebody like me. Like, I was such a bad person that he would really literally come and save me. Like, I couldn't wrap my mind around that. I was like, you know, why, God, why? 
why would you save me? You know, what, a, what, why would you do that? And Lord, you took care of me. You took care of me. When I needed somebody, when I needed a father, you came up, you showed up. And, and that's what he does. That's what he does. And that's what he does to many people out there. When we don't have that father, when we don't have that person in our lives, he shows up and he becomes that father of the fatherless. And that's what he did to me. And till today, I believe that. Eddie's been clean for 28 years and now pastors a church in Florida. The joy of his new life overflows to everyone he meets. I'm grateful for everything that he has given me, my family, my children, my grandkids. I'm very grateful for everything that he has given me. But all I need is him. Everything else I could lose. Everything else I could lose. But he makes me whole. So true, Hunty. Indeed. I was waiting for a sting there. No, it sings after this segment. Okay, <laughs> he's running his hands in the air because there was a sting there. No, I said to you, we applied after the segment. I uh, said, are you sure? And you went, yeah. Sometimes we get lost on here. <laughs> you your head down. <laughs> oh, okay, so my fault? I'm going to take the high moral ground and say, nobody's fault. <laughs> All right. We speak languages that we don't understand, don't we, us two? You know, it's a. Well, it's, 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 yes, there's a few hand signals going around in the control room this <laughs> afternoon. No, not really. We're having a good time this week compared to last week. Yeah, compared to last week, this, this yeah. is blind sailing. He has a really good testimony, that guy, about the power of Jesus to change lives. And without Easter, without the cross, without. Pa- <coughs> excuse me, without the Passover, what Jesus did on the cross, no lives can be changed. And so this weekend's very special as we remember what Jesus did. And I'm looking forward to it. We're going to do something special at church this week, Hunty. Did you know that? Yeah, we absolutely are. We're going to have a special Easter program. And in that special Easter program, we're going to remember in a very, very powerful way. In fact, there's, there's nothing you can do in the church that's more powerful than what we will be doing at New Hope this Sabbath. Mm. As we remember Jesus and what he did on the cross for us by taking our sins, paying a death price for them, and exchange giving us himself. So that when God looks at us, he sees Jesus and not us. That's a great relief for me. And that's what happened to that guy in that little video. And it was a video. If you're watching us line, you would have been able to see the video of that man. Yep. He, is that a New York accent he's got? Yep, sounds like it to me. Yeah, yeah. As he shared the power of Jesus and how he came to him at his darkest moment. And if Jesus will come to him in his darkest moment, he'll come to you too. You're listening to the Aussie Pastor here on Faith FM. Yes. Okay. <laughs> We're two minutes early. You surprised me. <laughs> uh, okay. Let's have some music. I mean, yeah, let's play some music. Great Watch idea. the Lamb, Ray Bolts. This is a song about the time when Jesus was crucified and a man with his two sons, who brings a lamb into the temple to be sacrificed for Passover. You've got to listen to the words of this one, Hunty, sure. because it's a story. So it's a really nice song with beautiful music, but the power of this is in the fact that it's a story. Mm. So listen to the story and see what you think.
walking on the road to Jerusalem. The time had come to sacrifice again. My two small sons, they walked beside me. They said, Daddy, Daddy, well, what will we see there? There's so much that we don't understand. And so I told them of Moses and Father Abraham. So many in Jerusalem today. We must be sure this little land doesn't run away. And I told them of Moses and Father Abraham. And I said, Reached the city, I knew something must be wrong. There were no joyful worshippers there, no joyful worship song. And I stood there with my children in the midst of angry men. Then I heard a crowd cry out, "Let's crucify!" And I watched him when he fell 
cross came down upon his back The crowd began to yell In that moment I felt such agony In that moment I felt such loss Till a Roman soldier grabbed my arm and screamed song yeah didn't want to interrupt the end of it no i didn't want to interrupt it yeah very nice beautiful song Mm. 
Um, and if you listen to the words, and if you haven't heard that song before, you can Google it, you can YouTube it, watch The Lamb, and you listen to the words and you take note of the words, they're very powerful, talking about how basically Jesus was the Lamb. Yep. And Jesus was the sacrifice. And the way the Lamb escapes at the end, kind of just signifying that that doesn't matter anymore because Jesus has gone to the cross. Just a beautiful, beautiful song and very powerful. I know Ray Bolt sang it. Did he write it too? Do you know, Hunter? Yeah, no, I don't know. No. Okay. Well, I want to have a look at, at why Easter matters. Because um, I know a lot of Aussies don't really... Easter is just a holiday or it's a weekend of sport. You know there's a lot of sport on this weekend, Hunty. Um, yes. AFL. Remember we, we, we when we... Um, when I was preparing for this weekend's program on Hope Channel and uh, on our own um, platforms, I came across the fact that this weekend there are two great big Aussie rules games, and that's yes. how that's how that's how a lot of Aussies see Easter: big football matches. And I think it's Melbourne versus North Melbourne versus Carlton on Thursday night, yep. and on. Monday it might be Geelong versus Hawthorne. Apparently these are traditionally big, big matches. And then, of course, you've got my beloved Broncos playing Canberra on <laughs> Saturday night. We know who's going to win that. because I hope they get annihilated. They won't get annihilated, <laughs> mate. They're right up on the top of the table unbeaten, only team unbeaten this year. Uh, and, and for a lot of Aussies, that's what Easter is, or it's a holiday away. Mm. You know, this weekend... What's the, I know you've got to go up to Newcastle hunting. You're trying to avoid going on Thursday or Friday because you well, think the traffic's going to be... <laughs> That's because the M1 will be a parking lot as per usual for, for Thursday afternoon Is it Friday. the M1 or the F3? Okay, it used to be called the F3, and then they made it come into line with all the eastern seaboard highways. You can go the M1 now right through the Brisbane. whole... Yeah, exactly. Well, to the border anyway, I think. I don't know whether... What are they called on the Gold Coast? Is it still the M1? Oh, oh, no. no, Pacific Motorway. The Queenslanders all change things. You know what we're like up there. (laughs) Um, And so for some people, it's getting away on holidays. Some people, like me, it's a chance to get out to the farm and do some much-needed... Mowing, that, slashing. That's an and, yeah, Hunty was out there the other day and saw a three or four foot red belly black snake out there. That's and, close to two metres, yeah. Yeah, and they're out there because because I haven't got out there and done enough work to slash it down. The tractor's broken, so there's reasons for that. The grass is six foot high. Yeah, hell more. <laughs> but the reality is that Easter's got to be more than that. There's a reason why on Easter weekend churches are packed full. There's a reason why the car park, you can't get a car park in, mm. in churches, because people come to remember what I'm about to share with you today. Why does Easter matter? Why does it matter? Well, I want to show you why it matters in this little Bible study, and I think it will make sense. Hunty, have you got your Bible open there, mate? I do. Okay, I remember do. we're looking at why does Easter matter, or if you like, Passover, because the real the real name the real name for Easter is not Easter, it's it's Passover. It's actually Passover weekend. In Israel this weekend, Passover weekend, the biggest celebration. By the way, do you know what Passover is about, Hunty, before we get further into this? Yeah, yeah, I, well, I do now, especially after that Bible study we filmed this morning. What is it? Well, it's... Um, or do you want me to share it? Well, it's a protection that God granted the Hebrews in Egypt from the last of the ten plagues. Well, it's more than that. It's a celebration that God freed them. 
and took them out of Egypt 3,000 years ago. They're in, they're in slavery for 430 years. God sends Moses. He takes them out of Egypt. They go through the Red Sea to the Promised Land. And Passover is a celebration of that freedom that God gave the Hebrews so long ago. Yep. But Passover actually, and we're not looking at this today, was symbolic of Jesus coming to the cross. It's a great little study, that. If you want to know more, well, you better be on on our Aussie Pastor Facebook page on Thursday night. That's right. Because we'll be sharing. And Friday seven, and Sunday. About 7 o'clock, isn't it? Thursday night that we'll be sharing why the origins of yes. Passover, yes. of Easter, where it comes from. Yep. Um, and it points forward to the cross. And it points forward to what Jesus did for every single one of us. And there's not an Australian alive today, and there's not a single one, a person listening to this program right now who doesn't need to know this. Mm. So let's look at it. Yep. We have a problem, Hunty. Yep. The human race has a problem. Romans 3.23. Let's yep. find out what it is. Yeah. For everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. Have you sinned? <laughs> all the time. I once had a lady. I was, I just, I was a young pastor. Uh, I was in my second or third church, and I'd preached a sermon, and she came out, and she looked me up and down, and I must have been preaching on... Jesus and how Jesus saved us or something. She said, I haven't sinned for three years. <laughs> I couldn't help myself. I just burst out laughing. Oh, wow. Um, I think most Aussies have this innate instinct that we have sinned at some time or another. Yep. And if, you, if you're married and you don't think you've spent much time in sin, perhaps it's time you sat down with your wife and got an honest, or your husband, and got an honest appraisal of who you are, what you are, and what you're doing. Yep. Because we're all sinners. Yep. And the sort of sins that afflict the human race, they're right across the board. There's adultery, there's fornication, there's lying, there's coveting. Coveting's one that I think we all struggle with, Hunty. Oh, when you look at coveting, oh yeah. What is coveting? It's when you what? Look at That's some- when I walk past someone's nice house and nice Ferrari and think, hmm, I'd like that. Yeah. Yeah, and so, and if you're not sure about what sin is, go and read the Ten Commandments in Exodus chapter 20. And then measure your life against those commandments. It's easy to do, Hunter. Yep. You look at them, you read them, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Am I breaking any of them? Have I broken any, uh, have I broken any of these laws that God gave mankind? You're going to work out pretty, pretty quickly you're a sinner. So there's the first problem, Hunty. Yep. We've all sinned. You're yep. a sinner, Andrew Hunt. Indeed. Oh, that felt good saying that. So true. You want to throw it back at me? Well, you are too, then. <laughs> I am a sinner. You are a sinner. We have all sinned. It's unfortunate, but we have all sinned, and there's a problem. Yep. Romans 6.23, just read the first sentence there, Hunty, sure. sure. up yep. to the comma. Yep. Okay. For the wages of sin is death. Love it. Mm. <laughs> so you're a sinner. Mm-hmm. I'm a sinner. What is the wages for doing that? Death. Why do you reckon that is, Hunty? Why do we have to die for our sins? Have you ever stopped to think about that? Because it's a pretty good question. So I'm a sinner, bro- broke the law of God, but why should I die for that? Yeah, that's a great question. I guess I've always understood it to mean that um, if I'm a sinner, I'm not entitled to go to heaven hmm. when I die. Is it true? Tell me mechanically because this illustration might not work. If I were to take the, if I have a battery, I need the battery to start my car, correct? Yep. But if I take the battery terminals off, will the car run or will it eventually stop? 
Now, the car will actually eventually blow up and stop, but it'll, it'll, well, go, it, it, it'll so, go for a short bit. So if it's not connected to the battery, so if I'm going to Sydney, uh, from Sydney to Brisbane, I start my car with the battery. Then I go and foolishly take the battery terminal, the, what do you call it? The, yeah, the, the, the leads, battery cables off. The yeah. battery cables off the battery. Yep. Will I get to Brisbane? No, the car will blow up fairly soon afterwards. What, actually blow up? No, the alternator will just burn out. Once there's no electricity, there's no spark and no burnt fuel, and you, you, go, you go nowhere. So you need, the, you need those terminals connected to the battery? Yep. Well, that's what sin does to you, hunty. Right. If oh. God is the battery, sin disconnects you from the terminal. Right. That's why the wages of sin, because sin disconnects you from God. You got me? Gotcha. So the wages of sin are what? Death. Death. Just mm. as a car won't go for too long without a battery, so you won't go too long if you're not connected to God. And because sep- sin separates us from God, we're dying. So we're all sinners. You get it, hunty? Yep. And the Bible says the wages of sin is death. Mm-hmm. Now, you don't have to agree with that. You can be an atheist, you can be an agnostic, and you can say, well, that's rubbish. That's nonsense. This pastor doesn't know what he's talking about. Yep. But just walk down to the local cemetery. And ask yourself why that's happening. Because if you look at human beings, we have an instinct to live and to live forever and to live eternally. It's an instinct inside of us. I rarely see people going to their death happily. Mm. We fight and scrap and struggle and battle for life. That's how we're built. Why? Because we're designed to live forever. Death is the enemy. You with me? Yep. So when we sin and we disconnect ourselves from the terminal, we start to die. And death is the enemy. And I don't reckon, I don't know what you, I mean, you, I mean, you and I, Andrew, have been together and gone and visited people who have been dying. You've been with me when we've done it. We baptised a guy who was dying yeah, we did. once. You remember that? Well, you did. Yep. Yeah. Well, so, so, so we know what it's like. It's a very serious thing to die. It's the enemy. And somehow it's got to be overcome. But sin has disconnected us from God. But I only got you to read the first part of that mm. text. Read Romans 6.23 right through. Yep. For the wages of sin is it, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. So how do we get eternal life, hunty? We accept the free gift that God gave us, which is? Well, Romans 5 verse 8. 5 verse 8. Letting Hunty find that. He's got a new way of finding these texts, and I'm not I do sure. Got it. Have you got that I've got one? It. Look at your screen. Check your screen. Little screen. Look on your little screen. See? Woohoo! Ah, so you're putting that up on, on yeah, our Facebook? That's right. Oh, I tell you what, there is no man busier when we're doing these <laughs> programs than Mr. Andrew Hunt. I'm going to give it to you, mate. You are brilliant at it. Well, there you no, go. No, you're not going to hear that too often a, from me. This is a blessing from the Lord, this is, for yeah. sure. Okay. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. I want to read that again. Mm. Read it slow mm. and let everybody just listen to yeah. the words very, very carefully. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. Mm. So how does he save us? He loves us while we're still sinners. Yep. He comes to die for us. I reckon if you showed most Aussies that text, they'd go, yeah, and? Yep. So God demonstrates his love for us that while we're yet sinners, he died for us. Why did Jesus have to die? Well, the wages of sin is death. Yep. Jesus goes to the cross with our sins. How do you give your sins to Jesus? You just accept the fact that he's offering you grace and you just accept his I'll do it. Very I'll do kind it. offer. I'll yep. do it practically. Yep. Dear Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. 
I come to you. I give you my sins. I repent, Lord, forgive me. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I just gave my sins to Jesus. When I give my sins to Jesus, he then takes them to the cross. And up there on the cross, he pays the death price for them. He's pinned to the cross, paying the death price for my sins. Do you get that, Hunty? I do. And people say, well, yeah. Here's one you weren't expecting. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, Hunty. Yeah, no. <laughs> no, I can't. Can, 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 can you do it or not? No, I, pre- I prepared these texts earlier. <laughs> ah, verse 21. So if I, if, I, if I go outside the, which I'm doing now, if I go outside the text, we can't. You know, I probably could, but let's not upset the very delicately balanced apple cart this afternoon. I think he's probably using a computer that's about 30 years old. <laughs> And it's, it doesn't take to change real. Can I read it then, or do yes, you want please. to read it? No, do you want me? No, no, you please. Thank you, mate. For God made Christ, who never sinned, to be sin for us, mm. so that we could be made right with God. So this is a transaction. I just sold my car not so long ago, Hunty. Twice. <laughs> Twice, yeah. We told the story on radio about that, didn't <laughs> yeah, we? Yeah, we did. Yeah, okay. When I sold my car, he gives me the cash. I give him the keys. There's a transaction. I get the money. He gets the keys. We swap something. Yep. When you give your heart to Jesus and then you ask him to forgive your sins, you give him your sins. He takes them the cross and he pays the death penalty for them. He deals with them. In other words, he actually reconnects you to the battery terminal. He reconnects you to God. Because what was separating you from God was your sin. Well, he takes it to the cross, pays a death penalty for them. He then reconnects you back to the battery terminal, back to God. Got that, hunty? Yep. But more than that, he gives you his perfect, sinless character, and it's like you put it on as a robe. It doesn't mean you become perfect in your own actions and your own behavior. It means when God looks at you, hunty, he sees Jesus. He sees Jesus' perfection. He sees mm-hmm. Jesus' sinlessness, and he says, hunty, welcome into heaven. So what happens because of the cross is not only does Jesus pay for your sins, but he gives you his character in the form of a white robe, I'm talking symbolically, so that when God looks at you, you go straight into heaven. Yep. How do you go into heaven? Not on your works, not on your righteous deeds, but on Jesus and Jesus alone. Mm. So Jesus pays for your sins and Jesus then sends you into heaven. Pretty good, isn't it? Yeah. Don't you like And that, my friend, that is what Easter is all about. That's why we celebrate. That's why, Andrew Hunt, this Easter, when you go past any Christian church, and I'm talking about any Christian church, there is a reason why people go to church at Easter. They might struggle to go to church. They might not be at church most Sabbaths or most Sundays. But when it comes to Easter, they rush into the church. Why? Because, again, Anyone who knows anything about Christianity knows that Easter, Passover, is about Jesus doing what I just shared with you. And they're grateful and they want to thank him. Mm. And so they rush. They don't rush the churches. They storm the churches. If you're going to church this weekend, Easter weekend, you better get there early so you can get a park, so you can get in, so you can thank Jesus with everybody else for the wonderful things he's done for us on the cross and the exchange that happened between us and him. Fantastic, Mm. mate. Yep. I love it. Yep. That's why I love Jesus. That's why I think I'll serve him till the end of time till, or, or until I, I breathe my last breath. So I hope you enjoyed that. I'm going to come back with some more in a minute, Hunty. Yep. But uh, for now, that's the end of part one of our Easter special. 
You're listening to the Aussie Pastor here on Faith FM. This is Elvis Presley singing what I've just been sharing to you, if that isn't love. Gotta do better. The splendor of heaven Knowing his destiny Was the lonely hill of Golgotha There to lay down his life for me Sad story, Elvis. Mm. He uh, was brought up in the church, brought up serving Jesus Christ, and kind of turned his back on it. Hard to say, you know, did he ever come back to the Lord? I don't, I don't know. Kind of died though, didn't he? 
drug overdosed and yeah, wasted. Things not going real well for him. Mm. I, I th- he wasn't that old. Do you remember how old Elvis was when he no, passed away? I don't. You kind of get a feeling though of how powerful his life had could have been if he'd kept walking with the Lord and singing songs for him. Because he really did have a beautiful He died 42 voice. years old in 1977. Yeah, I remember when he died. Mm. I was in New Zealand. When he died, I got surprised because I thought he was already dead. Oh, wow. <laughs> but to be fair, I was only 13 or 14, Hunty. Yep. So it wasn't yep. you know, a big deal for me. Um, but sad day, mm. nevertheless. And when you listen to his music, when you're singing like that, you just think, oh, man, he could have done so much for the Lord Jesus. But anyway. Well, he did. There's a lot of Christian albums he put out. People yeah, there are. Be, people there, are still being blessed by them. There are, I suppose, but mm. still could have been so much more. Yep. And he's so talented yep. and so gifted. I want to have a look, Hunty, yep. at what actually happened when Jesus died. A lot of people don't kind of get this part of it. Um, I want to ask you a question without notice. Yep. Can I do that? Of course. When do you think it was? So if Jesus takes our sins... And takes them to the cross. Yep. That means that every sin that's ever been committed by a human being was gathered up, past, present, and future, and dumped on him, correct? Yep. Only God can do that. Yep. When do you think that actually occurred? When he was on the cross? How long did it take Jesus to die? Look, I can only take a guess that with the, the curtain tore at the end when he was... So how long did it take him to die? Not long, a few hours. Six hours. Six hours, yeah. About six hours, maybe less. Um, so when do you think those sins were put on him? Well, that was my guess, when the, when the curtain tore right at the end when he died. Oh, okay, you think right at the end. Mm. Um, mm. Okay, or or then maybe, is that what killed him? Well, there's, The moment he was nailed to the cross. Well, physic- he wasn't killed physically by the cross itself, was no, he? No, Because if he was, he would have lasted days. Yeah, mo- in fact, most of the Thebes and others lasted for days. Well, if you read the Bible story, um, after Jesus died, he cried out, Eli, Eli, Lama, Sabakathani, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Yep. After he died, I don't think our clock's working, by the way, either, Hunter. Oh, great. After, after, I've got to tell him that, otherwise I'll rave on and on and on and we'll get way over time. Um after Jesus died, the thieves who were still alive, and they were nailed to the cross with him one either side, they had their legs broken because it was Friday afternoon and the Jews didn't want to leave them on the cross on Sabbath. Usually they'd be left up on the cross, but they had their legs broken. And remember the Valley of Hinnom, Hunty? That valley between the Mount of Olives and Jerusalem. Remember how you yeah, yeah. When yep. we were over there, yep. you'd stand on the Mount of Olives and you go down a steep valley, then it'd come right up. Jerusalem's actually built on a mountain, truly it is. Mm. Uh, to the other side. Yep. Well, they then go, threw those thieves in a rubbish dump at the bottom of that valley, and they were just left there to die. Hmm. So we never know. We know he did not die physically from the wounds he received from the cross and from the beating. He should have gone longer, much, much, much longer. Yep. He actually should have had his legs broken and thrown in the thrown in the tip down in the valley as well. Yep. But he dies just a few hours after he's been put up on the cross. Um. I think one of the problems... Did you ever see The Passion by Mel Gibson? It, no. Do you know what it is? Yes, it's a story of Jesus' crucifixion. Yeah, but yeah. I heard that he got... That was very gory and I, I didn't want to see it. It was very, very graphic. Mm. And I think where it got it wrong is that it really concentrated on the physical beatings and mm. wounds and uh, 
the nailing, you know, very, as you say, very graphic. Punishment. His hands being nailed to the cross and his – I couldn't watch. I had to turn away. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure it's quite realistic. And it, it concentrated on them. But it seems to me that the very thing that killed him was our sins. Yeah. Uh, I have a daughter who has an allergic reaction to peanuts. Do you have? Well, you get allergic reactions, Hunty. <laughs> I do lots of things. Thankfully, not that serious. Are any of the allergic reactions you get could they kill you? Yeah, there's a vegetarian food called corn. I think it's spelled with a, a Q. One bite of that, and I'm almost going to hospital. Oh, okay. Well, for for my little girl, who's a big girl now, going to be a school teacher real soon. She um has an allergic reaction to peanuts. Mm. And so when she eats those peanuts, if she doesn't have an EpiPen, she can get herself into real trouble. Yeah. So to this day, she's very careful with peanuts. I want to put it to you that Jesus had, who had never sinned, an allergic yes. reaction to sin. And it was violent. And I don't think the sins were put on him at all when he was put on the cross. In fact, I think they were put on him here. Matthew 26, verse 36. You want to read that, mate? Yep, yep, yep. Then Jesus went with them to the olive grove called Gethsemane and he said sit here while I go over there to pray okay so this is the eve that he was this is Thursday evening yep before Jesus was arrested and he died he must have been on the cross I think maybe well he would have been awake for say he woke up Thursday morning 24 36 hours, I reckon he was awake by the time he died, Hunty. And yeah. I, I know how you feel after that. Mm. So here he is in the Garden of Gethsemane. Remember when we went there? It's at the bottom of the Mount of Olives. So talking about the Valley of Hinnom, you come up out of the Valley of Hinnom yep. and then you hit the Garden of Gethsemane at the bottom of the Mount of Olives. Yep. Do you remember that? We saw all those old... Um, olive trees. Yeah, yeah, those old olive trees. They claim some of those are 2,000 plus years old. Yeah, I don't reckon. <laughs> <laughs> I was annoying you over there though, wasn't I? Saying, well, there's oh, some pretty gnarly <laughs> olive trees there. Yeah. We'd go to a joint and Hunty would say, oh, that was there when Jesus... Oh, I don't know about that. I'm not sure that's where it happened either. I got excited that everywhere I went and you went, no, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't like that at all. Because we just don't know. But we do know that the Gethsemane was where this occurred. And you can still go to Gethsemane. Whether it's the same trees or not doesn't matter. No. So he says he's about to be arrested. And he says, sit here while I go and pray. And then what happens in verse 37? Yep, verse 37. He took Peter and Zebedee's two sons, James and John, and he became anguished and distressed. Okay, why did he take Peter, James and John? Don't know. Don't know. Seems like mm. they were the guys that were closest to him. And he said, come on, come with me. Um, stay with me. Verse 38, read that. Yep, verse 38. He told them, my soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Keep going. Oh. Verse 39. Verse 39. Okay. He went on a little further and bowed his face to the ground, praying, My father, if it is possible, let this cup of suffering be taken away from me. Yet I want your will to be done, not mine. Let this cup of suffering. Why is he suffering? He's in the Garden of Gethsemane. Hasn't been arrested yeah. yet. Hasn't been whipped. Hasn't yeah. had a crown of thorns put on his head. And certainly hasn't been taken to the cross. What's going on mm, here? He's He's got the sins upon him already. He has. Hmm. We don't know when it happened. We don't know how it happened. But somewhere, Jesus has the sins of the entire planet from mm. beginning to end dumped on him. Yep. And he's suffering. I mean, we haven't got time today, but the Bible says he falls to the ground and sweats great drops of blood. 
This is Jesus who has never sinned, all of a sudden being burdened by our sins, and God disconnects him from himself. Jesus pays the price, the death price for our sins here, Hunty. Yep. He's disconnected from the battery. He's disconnected from God. Now, Jesus is God too. There are three persons of the Godhead, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Jesus is the Son. Three persons, one God. Yep. Jesus is God too. So he's he's suffering here, Hunty, mm. and God steps away from him and drives him out of his presence. This is the first time in the history of the universe that Jesus and the Father have not been together. Sin separates from God. He has to pay the price of the separation from God. Yeah. Do you see what's happening here? Yep. And so here's Jesus in the garden. In fact, the Bible says God had to send an angel to strengthen him because if he hadn't, Jesus would have died in the garden. He was having an allergic reaction to sin and being separated from God. He's paying the price for our sins. Do you get this? Mm. We think that paying the price has been nailed to the cross, being scourged, being whipped, have a crown of thorns put on his head. No, it was not. The price, the thing that killed him, was our sins upon his perfect sinless being. Mm -hmm. So he had to carry them and the separation from God. He had no power. He had no strength from God to carry them. So he's on his own. He's bending over. He's wilting and he's dying in the garden. So much so that the father has to say, whoa, whoa, quick, an angel, go down there and strengthen him so he can get to the cross. Yep. Do, you, do you get this, hunty? Very, very powerful. Let's go to John chapter 19. We've, got a, we've only got a few. Man. Yep. Time's getting away on us. Is this Bible study three? Yes, it is. Oh, I've talked too much. <laughs> All right. Let's quickly go. John 19, verse 16. Got it. Let's have a look. at This is Jesus on the cross. Yep. Uh, then Pilate turned Jesus over to them. Is that the one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks, mate. Then Pilate turned Jesus over to them to be crucified. So they took Jesus away. Keep going. Okay. Right through to verse 20. Carrying the cross by himself, he went to the place called the skull. In Hebrew, it's called... Golgotha. Actually, I'm going to interrupt you there. Okay. We couldn't find Golgotha Gotha, when we were in Jerusalem, true? No, we, we searched for a well, while. We did finally find it. Well, we didn't. Well, they built a big church on it, haven't <laughs> well, they? Well, we don't know. Oh, okay. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> enough. We actually went to three sites. Do you remember that? That's true. Three, three different sites, sites they told us was Golgotha. And we yeah. don't know which one it was. Yep. Yeah, one the, 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 I, I reckon it was probably... The second one we went to... Oh, in the garden? No, the church. Oh, yeah, the church. Yeah. I think they have built a church yep. over there. The reason I say that is because when you go in... So they built a church. Man, they built churches. It's such a shame. They built churches over the top of everything. Yep, everything Jesus touched or went, they built a so church. So we go into this church, which was apparently built over the top of where Jesus was crucified. and uh, There was a thousand million people in there. You remember that, Hunty? Oh. I've never been to a place so packed. It was hot, sweaty, I was claustrophobic. I don't know whether you were, mate, but I was. I got stuck on the stairs. Do you remember that? I was filming on those stairs. Yes, yes. <laughs> oh, dear. It, it was really uh, not a very pleasant situation. And then we were able to go down to the tombs. That's probably why I think that's the real site, because yep. Joseph of Arimathea's tomb is there. Yep. But there were three tombs. Um, so you're not even sure which one of them he was buried in. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter where Golgotha is. No. Don't need the sight. What you need is the Jesus who died on the cross, Hunty. Yep. Okay, go on, mate. Verse eighteen. And this is the look. This is there is no more holy place you can go in the Bible than this. Verse eighteen. They nailed him to the cross. Two others were crucified with him, one on either side, with Jesus between them. Keep going. 
And Pilate posted a sign on the cross that read, Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. Yep. The place where Jesus was crucified was near the city, and the sign was written in Hebrew, Latin, and Greek, so that many people could read it. Yeah. So Jesus is crucified. He's on the cross. He's hanging there, separated from God the Father. For the first time in history. And remember, those three, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, have no beginning. God has no beginning. They had been with other, each other for eternity. And here's Jesus with our sins separated from God. And he is dying, and this time no angel is sent. And you know, I believe this. This is me saying this, Hunty. Mm. But I reckon that the misery of our sins overwhelmed him and the darkness overwhelmed him so much that I think he lost sight of the fact that he would ever rise again. And I believe Jesus went to the cross with my sins, Andrew Hunt, mine, blinding him to the fact that there would be a resurrection, and still he hung up there. You've got to remember, this is God on the cross. Angels, you can imagine it, angels hovering around Jesus in horror at what we're doing to him, just waiting for a word, and they would have smote his enemies and brought him down off the cross. He didn't even need the angels. He could have got down off the cross by himself. Mm. He's God. And he hung there, and he would not move because of his love for you and me. He would not move for love. He died for love. With our sins burdening him, losing sight of the fact that there'd be resurrection and eternity, Jesus truly died the second death, eternal death, yep. on the cross. Verse 28 through to 30, mate. Okay, verse 28. Uh-oh. John 19. Oh, thanks. <laughs> uh, now, look, I'm going to give Hunty a little respite here. This is all. I actually don't have... Oh, I do have it. This is brand new equipment and programs that he's working with. And I'm still waiting on my monitors. He is on his L's. It oh, is gonna, look, I don't have it. It is going to get better. You want me to read <laughs> yes, it? Yes, please. Sorry, mate. Jesus knew. So he's up on the cross. Jesus knew that his mission was now finished. And to fulfill scriptures, he said, I am thirsty. A jar of sour wine was sitting there, so they soaked a sponge in it, put it on a hyssop branch and held it to his lips. When Jesus had tasted it, he said, it is finished. Actually, another version, another um, book says, Jesus cried out, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Then he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. Mm. That is the Easter story, my friend Andrew Hunt. You're listening to the Aussie Pastor here on Faith FM. This song by Rachel Chapman with the First Baptist Choir, The Blood, this blood actually, is talking about what I've just shared with you. Oh, 
Rachel Chapman with the First Baptist Choir. Wouldn't mm. mind having both of them in my church. Mm. Although we're blessed at New Hope with some fantastic, fabulous music. But we that are. was tremendous. You know, Jesus died, but it wasn't the end of the story. Can I read the end of the story? Yeah, why not? It's Sunday morning, context. Mary, who was a friend of Jesus, not his mother, she goes to the tomb. John 20. You ready, Hunter? Got it. Verse 11. Verse 11, yeah. Mary was standing outside the tomb crying, and as she wept, she stopped and looked in. She saw two white-robed angels. Imagine this, mate, Mm. having this experience, one sitting at the head and the other at the foot of the place where the body of Jesus had been lying. Dear woman, why are you crying, the angels asked her. Because they have taken away my Lord, she replied, and I don't know where they put him. So she goes to the tomb and it's empty, hunty. Mm. She starts crying. Mm. She thinks his body's been stolen. So these angels say to him, well, what are you crying? Well, they've stolen him, verse 14. I love this. This is so powerful it makes the hairs on the back of my neck stand up. Mm. She turned to leave and saw someone standing there. Mm. It was Jesus, but she didn't recognize him. Dear woman, why are you crying, Jesus asked. Who are you looking for? She thought he was the gardener. Sir, she said, if you have taken him away... Tell me where you have put him, and I will go and get him. I feel like crying with this bit. Mm. It's so powerful. Yep. Verse 16. Mary, Jesus said. She turned to him and cried out, Rabbi, which means teacher. Jesus is alive. He's been resurrected. And that's the thing. Easter is not just about Jesus' death. It's about his resurrection. Jesus, praise God, hunty, Jesus is alive. Yep. I think it's time for Aussie Pastor. Yep. Ask the Aussie it, Pastor. It is time for Did Ask the Aussie Pastor. Did we get some questions, some questions sent through, mate? Have we got something to get us moving? I do have a few questions here, yes, that have that have trickled in. Are you ready? <laughs> I'd, I'd never know whether I'm ready for these. I, I'm still trying to get over that thing where Jesus... 
Jesus said to her, Mary, and when Jesus calls her by name, she knows who he is. Mm. Mm. Beautiful. Oh, it is. And she cries out, Rabbi, Rabbi. It's interesting to me. A lot of people think that this Mary was the same woman caught in adultery in John chapter 8. What do you think? Yeah, I think there's a fair chance. Dragged before Jesus, naked, mm. Mm. in front of everybody, shame for her. Behavior. Don't know where the guy was. Go and read the story in John chapter eight. So powerful. Mm. And the teachers and the Pharisees and all the leaders of the church at that time want this woman stoned. And Jesus starts to write their sins in the sand, and then they all disappear quietly as you would. Imagine how to be hunty if Jesus wrote your sins. <laughs> oh in the yeah, sand. I'd be running. I think I'd hang around. I'd say, oh, yeah, I'm sorry, that is me, but I don't want to go. Just let me stay anyway. I think he would too. And he looks at that woman and he says, "Uh, where are those who accuse you? And you know what she said? There is no one. No one. And Jesus said, I don't accuse you either. Go and sin no more. Seems that this could have been Mary. And it's interesting to me that this is the first person Jesus reveals himself to after the resurrection. Hundreds saw him. Yeah, after he was resurrected, but this woman is the first one. I think it's a, it's a beautiful, almost poetic justice, really, that he saved her at her lowest point, and she comes to minister him mm. at his. Mm. Well, she was at the cross too. Yeah, everybody fled except for Mary, his mum, and this Mary and an auntie, and John the ba- uh, John the Baptist. He was dead. Mm. John John the beloved. Yep. So one disciple stayed. Everybody, all the followers of Jesus, all those he'd healed, fled. But this Mary was at the cross, and she was there at the tomb. She'd gone to the tomb to dress his body, kind of Jewish tradition stuff, you know. Mm. But he was resurrected. Yeah. Imagine what it would have been like to see Jesus resurrected. Oh. You're a follower of his. You think it's all over. Yep. And then the next thing you know, Jesus turns up. I like that. There's a. I'm trying to remember the the movie I watched, and it's pretty accurate about a Roman soldier who witnesses the story of Jesus' crucifixion and then his resurrection. And he's kind of a third party witness, and he sees Jesus as he comes to the disciples for the first time. It made me. Maybe I'm getting emotional in my old age. But when I watched that movie and I saw Jesus walk into the disciples, and you see their faces as they see Jesus, and I know it's just a movie, but you can imagine it—the power and the wonder of a resurrected Lord Jesus. Mm. No wonder those guys then followed him. Every one of them, except for John, went to a martyr's death for their Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. It was so powerful. And when Jesus comes to you for the first time, and he comes in just as much power as he did to the disciples 2,000 years ago, it'll impact you for life too. Hmm. It's a wonderful thing. All right, sorry. I'm I'm allowed to wax lyrical about my Lord and Saviour when it comes to this subject. It is beautiful, Mm. man. Okay, let's ask the Aussie pastor. Throw them at me, mate. All right, this question's not, not an easy one. What do you think about the Indigenous voice to Parliament and are there spiritual implications? Oh, um, I think this is the idea, for those who don't know, that Australia will have put in its constitution that there must be an advisory, an Indigenous advisory body to advise Parliament on Indigenous matters. Well, I do know this, that Australia's had a lot of trouble um, since the English came to our shores, there's been a lot of trouble and trial, heartache, 
for Aboriginals, for our Indigenous people. Mm. And it has been... Personally, I, I, I don't even think that'll work because I think the answer for our Indigenous people as it is for all other Aussies, the only answer is Jesus. Mm. That, that's what I really think. Mm. So I have no political views. And I'm not, you know, I'm not one to hedge on stuff like this, Hunty. Um, I just have no political views on that. I have one view and one view alone. For our Indigenous people and for our Aussie people, the answer is Jesus Christ and there is none other. Mm. And so that's my answer to that, Jesus. You want to see the Indigenous problems of Australia fixed up? Well, you're going to need Jesus because they won't get fixed up without him. You want to see the problems of Australia fixed up? Well, we need Jesus. People can scoff at me on that. Uh, they can disbelieve. I, I really don't care. I just know that's the truth. And I've seen the difference in my, I've seen it in my own ministry. The difference Jesus makes to the lives of an indigenous people when he comes. He turns them upside down in a good way, hmm. brings them out of whatever challenge, whatever darkness they're living in, and takes them to a place that you can only go with Jesus. And he just doesn't do it for indigenous people, he does it for all other Aussies too. So that's my answer to that, Hunty. Probably not which, what the person who asked the question wanted, but that's how it is and that's how I see it. I actually see, Hunty, that we call people to another kingdom that belongs to Jesus Christ. And it's open to indigenous and non It's open to everybody. Non-indigenous, doesn't matter who you are, if you're a human being, if you've got blood running through your veins, you're called to that kingdom. So I'm in the, the business of calling people to that kingdom, Hunty. Yep. Okay. All right. This next question, oh, my goodness. I've actually heard this question asked a few times recently. Okay. I don't think there's a possible answer. But anyway, it's your turn to face the shotgun. You ready? Yeah. What is a woman? <laughs> That's an easy one to answer. What do you mean there's no answer to that, Hunter? Well, I've heard, I've heard politicians and parliamentarians We're not politicians. globally shy away from answering We're this. We're not politicians. In fact, I heard the New Zealand Prime Minister shy away from it this morning. Really? Yep. He was stammering and stuttering and didn't have a clue. Oh, look, I'm a Christian. What is a woman? Go back to Genesis 1, Genesis 2, and Genesis 3. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And God created humankind. And I'm just going from, I'm not reading the Bible yep. here, but this is what yep. it says. And God, in Genesis 2, God created humankind, both male and female. So that's what I believe as a Christian. God created human beings. Now, right from the beginning, I know I'm going to get a lot of listeners offside there because I don't believe that. It's okay. It's all right. I don't really care whether you believe it. I, I do care. I want you to believe it. But if you don't believe it, that's okay. I understand. But I do believe it. God created the human race. And it's God that said, these are God's words, I created them male and female. So what's a woman? A woman is female. If you want a technical, biological, I guess a woman is the one with XX, is it chromosomes? chromosomes DNA. Yeah. Hmm. That's an easy one to answer. That's <laughs> what a woman is. According to Scripture, I am a man of the Bible, so I'll go for that definition. All right. Well done. Okay. Um I'm a Christian, just wondering if you think it is wrong for me to spend $30,000 on an overseas holiday, or would God think it was selfish of us to spend so much money on ourselves? <laughs> 30K, that'd be nice to go on a 30K holiday. That's probably actually not all that much money anymore. If, if you it's, go a bit, to, if, it's a bit. Nah, if you go to Europe, mate. Uh, the ticket there and back, four or five thousand each, 
say eight thousand return. Go, go business class. Yep. You, no, no, four, three, four thousand dollars or more. Okay. Cattle class. It's been Cattle a long class. time since you've flown, hasn't it, bro? So you get to London, yep. and then if you're going to start, you've got to stay in hotels and motels, and what do you, two or three hundred dollars plus a night there? Yep. yep. Um, you've got to get around. You'd re- yep, rent a car. I reckon thirty k for two people on a holiday to Europe would be two to three weeks, and you'd be out of money. Wow. Um. Very easy for me to look at someone going on a 30K holiday, excuse me for this, and say, well, I'm a bit jealous of that. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm, I'm back to jealous again. Yeah, the covet thing. Yep. Um, I think you've got to answer questions like this, and I'm not fobbing on this. You've really got to answer questions like this, Hunty, within your own relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Right. Um, and if you're feeling... If, if you're sensing something there, I, I would encourage you to go back to Jesus, go back to the Scripture, go back to the Bible, and look to answers there. Because for someone who's worth millions, spending $30,000 on a holiday is nothing. Mm. And they could be given millions and millions for the cause of Christ. Yep. Do, do you know what I mean? Yep. For somebody like me, well, $30,000 is a huge deal. It's not that I'm poor. I'm just a middle-class Aussie. Um, I, I think these... It's it's not my place, and again, it sounds like I'm fobbing today, doesn't it? No, no. Although I never fobbed on the woman thing, mate. I answered that. Yep. I just think these, I think financially, these sort of personal, intimate questions belong between you and God. How's that, hunty? I've got (laughs) no other answer to that. If you're feeling uneasy, I'd go with that instinct and go back to God. But it's your call. It's between you and God. I don't judge someone for going on a holiday to Europe. Got church members in Europe right now. But it's certainly your finances and especially your personal finances, it's intimate stuff. It's a God and personal thing, isn't it? So what we'll we'll say to this uh listener then we'll say Go back to Between God. you and God. Yep. Yeah, go back to God. Yep. Is that it? Um, yeah, we've got about 30 seconds left. Can we give a plug for church this I, weekend? I thought you had one more question there up on my monitor from Dave in Western Australia. Right. I don't. Oh, you're going to have to answer to him for that. Dave, I promise you next week, bud. (laughs) It's the only question I knew that had come through. (laughs) Uh, He's a naughty boy, this hunty. Oh, Uh, what do you know? I found it. Oh, with eight (laughs) seconds left. Thanks, mate. It'll be next week. Fine. (laughs) I thought we'd end on this song, I Could Never Praise Him Enough. Thinking about going back to Calvary and what Jesus did for us. This is from Greater Vision, one of my favourite groups. It's a song we like to play a little bit on this show. Beautiful song. Talking about Jesus and his sacrifice. I could never praise him enough. This is Greater Vision. I could never praise him enough. For the cross of Calvary, I could never thank Him enough. For salvation, full and free, I could never do anything to deserve such perfect love. Oh, for everything He's done, I could never praise Him enough. For many years, I've served the Lord the best that I know how Giving unto Him my time Telling of His power But if I were 
to spend unending hours on my knees, praising Him for everything He's ever done for me. I could never praise Him enough for the cross of Calvary. I could never thank Him enough for salvation full and free. I could never do Serve such perfect love Oh, for everything He's done I can never praise Him enough A thousand tongues could never tell Just what our Lord has done As if He hadn't done enough He sent His only Son to hang upon a rugged cross and bear the load of sin. That explains why I can't express the love I have for Him. I could never praise Him enough for the cross of Calvary. I could never thank Him enough for salvation full and free. I could never do such perfect love Oh, for everything He's done I could never praise Him enough So I'll sing Thank you, Lord For saving my soul Thank you, Lord For making me Beautiful song. Yes. So Very that's uh, the Easter special. That's a different sort of a show today. Still having some technical problems, but, you know, Hunty... <laughs> Fickle finger syndrome. No, nah, it's not that. It's our equipment. And Hunty's... The bottom line is, actually, to run our program properly, Hunty hasn't got everything in yet. That's okay. We'll get there. And he's running blind. But it, it technically, we got it better than last week, and we pray next week we've got it right, eh? Yeah, last week was a nuclear disaster, so it was only a train wreck. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't that bad. Stop that. Um, Hunty, as I close... What's the one thing about Easter that impacts you more than anything else? Oh, that's easy. Um, I'm so grateful uh, that I have a saviour and through his grace, and because he died for me at Easter, I get to live again in heaven. Yeah, I'm the same. Great thoughts. Let's close with a prayer. Mm. Father in heaven, this Easter Passover, we thank you for Jesus, who you sent to die on the cross for our sins. We accept that gift. We thank you for what he's offered us and we look forward through grace, which is what he did on the cross for us. We look forward, Lord, through grace to be ready for you when you return. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. My name's Lloyd Grolleman and I'm the Aussie pastor and I love you. And my name's Hunty, man in black and tech, and I love you too.
But Jesus loves you so much more. See you next time. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining the Aussie Pastor. If you enjoyed today's program and would like to find out more about Jesus, our ministry, always to support us, go to findjesus.tv. 